Welcome to Marvel Vision, a podcast about Marvel, the MCU, and right now, Marvel's big panel at D23. I'm Alex. Wow. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And we are going to be talking about everything that broke at D23 and Marvel's Roll that dice, baby. Come on. Let's roll that 23 23. dice. Come on. There we go. All right. Pete's going to be an antagonist this episode is what I think is happening. Dragon Con number 23. I love it. Pete doesn't know what news is. So D23, big panel, lots of stuff going on here. Uh, There were announcements about TV shows. There were announcements about movies. Marvel came big. I think people, frankly, were expecting even bigger than this. I know I speculated that maybe they're going to drop some X-Men news. There was a lot of talk about Fantastic Four casting. But to jump ahead, and we will talk about everything, specifically with Fantastic Four, which is the big speculation here, Kevin Feige came out of the panel, said, hey, Matt Shackman, who directed a bunch on WandaVision, is going to be directing it. There is literally no other news to tell you at this point. And I think there was a bunch of sighs and gasps from the audience. But, you know, they're under no obligation to be like, Jody Comer, Penn Badgley, all of these people have been cast. They're going to do it at some point. They're going to announce it. It's going to be big. So everybody stay patient. Did you did, did you say the guy's name was Matt Shat? Uh, Matt Shackman. Oh, okay. Yeah. Thanks, Pete. Um, I, <laughs> good <laughs> fact checker, Pete LePage. Um, incorrect fact checker. I I think this is. I know everyone wanted more news. This news, all the news, is very fun, and this felt like more of a show and tell mm-hmm. rather uh, than like here's what the next step. Because they announced so much uh, so recently, it's like. They don't want to show all their cards. They have a, a bunch of other events they have to wait to drop news to. And I also think the X-Men are further off than we think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think so. That was definitely like a very, very uh, out there speculation for me. I am not disappointed at all that there was no X-Men things. But let's talk about the things that they did talk about and run down yeah. all the stuff and kind of see Woo-hoo. what we thought about it, as well as any speculation. Uh, first thing to throw out there is Iron Heart. the big news out of that, which we kind of already knew, but Anthony Ramos has been cast as Parker Robbins' The Hood that is coming to Disney Plus next year. There was also some footage shown in the room, a trailer of Ironheart building her armor, Parker Robbins getting his mystical demon hood and building an army of criminals, and the promise is this is going to be the biggest tech versus magic fight that we've seen in the MCU. Wow. So what are your thoughts about this? What are you looking forward and to? And now is this going to be a movie or a TV show? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> I just said it's a TV show. It's a TV show. Oh, wow. Yes. This is, like, is, this is like going home for holidays and telling your, your <laughs> uncle what happens in the world. Uh, Riri is going to be introduced to Black Panther Wakanda Forever. So this is going to be the first Forever. Time first time that we see her, but this is going to be her big series debut. And for those who don't know the character, she builds her own Iron Man style armor and ultimately calls herself Iron Heart. Justin, what's your take on this? Um, I, I think this is cool. I like the way they're... Um they're a, they're the choice to make it about tech versus magic is something that happens a lot in comics, but feels like hasn't been done too much in MCU because it's like two uh, countervailing uh, forces in like the content that we watch. Uh, so to put them together is cool. I love um, uh, Red Hood or the, the Hood, the, sorry, the, the, the hood, hood as the villain. Little like Red Riding Hood? Little Red Riding Hood, great villain. 
Um, oh, yeah. I'm sort of on the wolf side in a lot of ways. I <laughs> know uh, the hood I think is a great villain. Love, love him in the comics. I'm curious. There's hood has been done many different ways in the comics. Some of mm-hmm. them not as great. So curious to see how they bring him to the screen. Yeah. Beast. I mean, sometimes he's oh, very powered up and seems like a very formidable villain. Other times it's like a B, you know, C list villain where it's like, yeah, one. Based on how the based on the very scanned footage that was shown, it seems like, and for anybody who hasn't read it, uh, check out Brian K. Vaughn's book that introduced the hood, which is awesome. Yeah, it's his character, right? Yeah, so good. That's cool. Um, it is this idea of like this low level. Hood, who gets a <laughs> mystical item and suddenly gets powered up. What does he do with it? Does he commit more crime? Does he become a hero? That series very much walks the line. And then Brian Michael Bendis introduced this idea of, no, he has enough power that he can become like the new kingpin of New York. And it seems like they're going to be doing both things in this series and building him up there, maybe filling a power vacuum left by the kingpin of crime, Wilson Frisk, after he was taken down by Echo over in Hawkeye. Uh, but that should be very cool. Let's turn to another one that I know Justin is super, super excited about, Werewolf by Night. We got a trailer here. This is directed by Michael Giacchino. And it is a total, at least based on the trailer, like old school hammer horror style thing. Yeah, this is this is one of the most surprising things coming out of this. It's like uh, full. It's some of those stuff. Uh, this is what I said um, on our Slack channel, uh, Patreon Slack. Like th- Ooh, this is the kind of weirder stuff. stuff that I feel like what we thought we would get. Like when when it was like Marvel doing movies and TV shows and just throwing content at us all the time. Like the fact that we we get something like this that feels like very genre, very niche, very specific. Not something that has these far reaching goals. Like I love the idea of that. So um, and it feels like it is like shot in that sort of classic melodrama horror way like very excited for this what about I'm, you pete well i'm a little confused was that a, a comic first werewolf by night is a classic uh <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh back in the day i think it was um uh something when you couldn't do werewolves and vampires i believe under the comics code for a long time and then when they opened the door this is the first comic that marvel put out oh, that wow. covered, covered that territory cool thank you uh Yes. One of the things, sorry, I'm kind of gobsmacked. We've read Werewolf by Night comics, Pete. We've reviewed them on our show. Oh, we have? <laughs> oh, you're winding me up. You're winding me I up, think, man. I think Pete's a scroll. <laughs> I'll so we'll get there in a second. But I yeah, also yeah, love this down to, like, I hope this isn't just the trailer. I hope, like, the cuts, it seems like the way they filmed it, but, like, there's a very quick cigarette burn on the corner in one of the shots, and then they do the whole, like, film fading thing at the end and burning through. So I hope it's all like that. My big question, which I don't think is necessarily a bad thing to your point, Justin, but how does this connect to the MCU? Like, is this just going to feel like it's just a thing, you know, like it's just a werewolf, like literally the game werewolf, but at a house, um, that's fine with me. I'll enjoy watching it probably more that way. Or is it going to be that thing? I don't know if you guys remember this, but there was this widely maligned TikTok that got posted around of a guy being like, what Marvel should do is they should just do indie movies, like do a Richard Linklater movie. And then Iron Man flies by in the background. Is this going to be like that? Or is it going to be entirely disconnected? What do you think, Justin? 
I think disconnected. Um, or maybe there'll be a light nod, like the the TikTok example you just used. But it, this definitely feels like, and I would say that especially because uh, Michael Giacchino's directing this, someone who hasn't directed but is uh, famous uh, for film scores. And so, like, it feels like something you, uh, a project you give to somebody that doesn't have super high stakes but can be something that you can show. It's not an indie movie, but it has a little bit of that flavor, like, oh, this is like a little showpiece we're doing that isn't as functional in the larger MCU, but is uh, something that is just a cool affect. Yeah, I agree. Very excited to check out that one. The next big trailer that they showed off was Secret Invasion. We got our first look at that. As Nick Fury comes back to Earth, Maria Hill is in it. Olivia Coleman is in it. Amelia Clark is in it. Ben Mendelsohn, Scrolls taking over the world. And even Don Cheadle, Rhodey, is in it as well. Pete, are you going to ask what the word secret or invasion means? <laughs> Uh, well, what I'm wondering is because the twist that we had in the comics versus the movies is in the comics, you know, the scrolls are bad. In the movies, the scrolls seem like they're good. But with Secret Invasion, are you think they're going to flip that? Uh, how do you think they're going to handle that? I think we're going to get some bad scrolls here. Mm-hmm. It's, it's perhaps a secret. It's a secret that they're bad. Well, I think, yes. And the invasion. I, I think there's going to be different factions of Skrulls, right? Because we do have Ben Mendelsohn coming back as Talos from Captain Marvel, also from the end credits scene in Spider-Man Far From Home. So he's going to play it in some way. And there's a very quick shot in the trailer of it looks like him confronting a room of what turns out to be Skrulls and looking kind of terrified there. So... Uh, yeah, I think we're going to have these bad scrolls who have been infiltrating the government, uh, various governments, clearly taking over Rhodey's uh, security detail as well as other things, uh, and Nick Fury coming back and trying to fight them, ultimately learning he's going to have to work with the team again, I guess. This feels like it's going to be directly connected to Armor Wars also mm-hmm. coming out, and perhaps it's almost like a one-two punch. This feels like um, a very tense, sort of thrillery, uh, almost like a, a great X-Files, a high-end production X-Files episode, um, where it's about like sort of the downward spiral of learning everything you believe is a lie. We get Nick Fury, a patchless Nick Fury. Yeah, I know. Come on. Of this. What, what is this patchless stuff? Put a he patch has a, on He it. has a patch by the end of the trailer. It's okay. But to the point that you were saying, Let that Justin, eye breathe. He's letting that eye breathe. With, I, I got very excited seeing this trailer. I mean, this Me looks too. like a Marvel movie versus a TV show, which I've been pretty critical of the Disney Plus shows because... You're not asshole. Yes, that. And also they very wobbly, I think, straddle the line between like, are we trying to do a six part movie? Are we trying to do a TV show? And they sort of 50 50 it instead of going one way. I think if they're going to do it like Secret Invasion and Armor Wars to me feel like uh, it's still not my favorite thing. But if you're going to do a six part movie, just make it like a big event and feel like a big event sort of. You know, a mini series, literally in a way, right. versus other things like She-Hulk, like Loki, etc. Have them aim towards something more episodic. Have them feel more like TV. So, if they can push in both directions, I think I'm going to be good with that. Well, I think the the sort of example that didn't go as well uh, is Falcon and Winter Soldier. I think this shares whoa, whoa. sort of some plot device uh, movements whoa. here whoa. because I and I think that was partially due to the fact that they changed the entire story because of COVID, um, sort of in the middle of making it. So that made it harder to have a clean narrative arc through. So it, and it also felt like oh, you didn't need as much real estate to tell this story. Hopefully, with Secret Invasion, they are using every second, so it will have that um, sort of dynamic. 
momentum through every episode like you have in a, a full-on feature film. Uh, yeah. But uh, this, I was, this was one of my the things I was less excited about until I saw this trailer and I was like, oh, this is actually very, it reminded me a little bit of sort of um, the, with the way Andor's playing in Star Wars universe mm-hmm. where it's like, oh, this feels like the gritty grounded thing that I've wanted in Star Wars finally is happening. And this can be that for the Marvel Cinematic Universe, especially the television side. Yeah, it looks very cool. And the little thing about Armor Wars, they said, is exactly what you mentioned, Justin, that it is spinning out of Secret Invasion. It follows what happens next with Don Cheadle's roadie. That's kind of all we know about it. Next big fun piece well, of quick, news. Quick shout yeah, out to yeah. Yasser Lester, the head writer of that. Uh, great dude. I'm curious to see uh, what his take on the Marvel Universe is. Ooh, okay. Ooh. Some inside Insider. info. Yeah, Hollywood. Wow. Hey. Hollywood Tyler. Hollywood, Hollywood JT. Loki season two announced a new cast member and showed off a little bit of footage here. The new cast member is Kehu Kwan, who you probably know as Short Round from the Indiana Jones movies. Data Uh, from Goonies. Yeah, I mean, come on. Also, everything, everywhere, all at once. Uh, Very fun. He had a very fun joke on the paddle. This had come after Lucasfilm's portion and he just sort of wandered on stage with the Loki cast. It was like, wait, this isn't the Indiana Jones paddle? Um, and everybody everybody laughed. Everybody Ooh, had a nice time. That's oh, very that's fun. Uh, I mean, talk seems, about oh, this ahead. guy's career real quick. Like, he did uh, short round data. Two epic characters back to back, I think in years, 84 and 85 or something like that. Then doesn't do much until everything everywhere all at once. And then boom, back in like major uh, blockbuster situations. Great. And he seems like a perfect addition to the tone of Loki. Uh, They showed off a little footage there, mostly of Loki wandering through the TVA. Now the Kang has taken it over, spitting in and out of existence. And then a couple of flashes of good news, him working with Mobius again. I don't think that's too much of a surprise, Uh, but going through various time periods. And I don't know. I'm excited to see... How this show turns out, I think Loki, in retrospect, was one of the strongest runs of TV shows that Disney plus Marvel has done. And uh, I'm fingers crossed they're really going to crush it here. Yeah, I'm excited for more of that. They did such a great job in that first season. It's very funny to me that Loki is the one that sort of became the most TV of all the shows that we saw in the first run. Because it definitely, Loki's a movie character, And the show felt like a movie, yet now here we are with just more TV. Yeah. The other thing that'll be interesting about it is you've been very critical, in particular, Justin, of what is the story of Marvel right now? What is the story of Phase 4? Clearly, it's Kang. That's what we're heading towards. Loki Season 2 is all about that. Quantum Mania is all about that. And they have said that Loki Season 2 is going to lead directly into Kang Dynasty. So we're definitely going to see more tie-in with the movies there. But isn't that Phase 5? Officially, yes. No, so I'm phase saying four. So phase four is like a little what? Get a little stepping stool. Get them. It's a fuck around. That's what I'm saying. That's yeah. what I'm saying. No, I'm just saying the story of Marvel is continuing from here. Oh, um, wow. Bold stance from Alex <laughs> Alvin. Marvel forever. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Echo. Let's talk about Echo because they showed that off a little bit. There's two very interesting things. I think here, not a big surprise. We knew Kingpin was coming back in the footage show, though. He has an eye patch or a bandage over his eye after he Echo. Got, which one is he, it, though? Come on. Got, I mean, come on. He got Nick Fury's eye patch. Yeah, sure. that's you what I'm it. saying. Like, Passing back and forth. 
That's yeah. a good way to get a uh, pig guy. That's all I'm saying. That's oh. so 100%. 100%. And that's what he's wearing the patch for because he's got wicked pink guy. I'm embarrassed. Oh, that, he could clean it after he wears it before he gives it to him. Don't put that out there. The other thing that seems to be happening based on the footage shown is maybe Echo is getting powers. There's something where she falls in a glowing puddle or wakes up in a glowing puddle. Pete. That's the dream. I mean, that's what you want. Secret of the use. Yeah. You want to find a glowing puddle and just jump in. And slowly over the course of the footage, I know you guys didn't see it, uh, she's turning into a turtle of some sort. Ooh, nice. Surprise. Did you see a rat that then teaches her karate and stuff like that? Well, she knows Uh, the karate. Yeah. Some sort of. A lot of different forms. Yeah, she already knows it. A rat comes up and is like, I'm going to teach you karate. She's like, no, thanks. I'm good. Or maybe a rat just walks by with a slice of pizza and it's like, welcome to New York. Could be. Let's never forget. rats. Yeah. Let's never forget in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie that Splinter was learning karate when he was just a regular rat in a cage. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, only straight later. Straight from the comics. They're straight from the comics. Exactly. Yeah. One of the craziest <laughs> things in a movie at that time. I was like, that rat you was doing karate before. You don't think rats can learn? You don't think rats can learn karate? how to do things? I think rats can eat through cement. That's a power. But karate is not in their uh, skill set, as I know. I want time I was, when I- Turned on my lights real fast, and I saw a rat, like, they were standing on top of each other's shoulders to reach the doorknob so I could get out. And I was just I like, think you were watching Cinderella, Disney's Cinderella. Oh, <laughs> you're right, you're right, yeah. But, but yeah, Pete, have you, ever, like, have, yeah, Pete have you ever encountered a puzzle, a puddle, a puddle of ooze and made any choices? Yeah, I've uh, definitely, I've been waiting my whole life for that to happen. And then when it finally does, you really got to think you know what i mean because you're like this could go really bad or it could go really good you this is a I mean? real There's- story that pete told us years and years ago that when he and one day in new york city encountered a green puddle and mm-hmm. almost drank out of it yeah for the chance to be and uh, I, I just want to mention for our listeners who don't live in new york city there are green puddles literally everywhere that's not true yeah because i've been living in new york for 21 years you see them and i only saw the, one all the one. time all the time Here's a crazy. Here's a crazy uh, follow up. It was sequel. a bubbling like green puddle. Like it wasn't just a green. Like it wasn't like after oh, St. Patty's okay, Day sorry. or some shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the that, most yeah. important fact here is that Pete almost drank out of it. That's the true. It's a true story. Uh, second, uh, just this past weekend, I came home after being away. Uh, we had an inflatable pool. My downstairs neighbors had in the backyard. I looked over and it was green in there. I was like, oh, that's weird. And I found a dead squirrel inside of it. <laughs> Died doing karate, right? Yeah. <laughs> that poor karate squirrel was so. like that so close sad. to being a master. <laughs> the other one that we only got a tiny bit of information about it, I think we kind of knew this as well. Daredevil Born Again. They haven't shot anything yet, but there's going to be 18 episodes. Charlie Cox and Vincent D'Onofrio are both going Just to be seeing- going head to head. What? Just seeing those two stand next to each other was exciting. I mean, that was... Uh, I, I lost my mind just seeing that. Yeah. It's great to see them back. They're definitely two of the best actors from the Marvel Netflix series. There's been a little bit of confusion because I think some of the reporting has said, oh, this is a straight reboot. They're going again. But what Charlie Cox actually said was, yeah, this isn't season four. This is season one of Daredevil Born Again. So it's a chance to kind of start over. I still don't think they're washing away everything clean. They're just starting clean as a new series. Like they're not worrying. Do you think there's going to be any 
kind of change. Like, you think Foggy is still going to be Foggy, right? They're not going to change out actors. They did stuff. mention at the panel, and this was crazy, they were like, and Foggy died, and everybody mm-hmm. lost it. They were so excited. They were happy. The biggest cheer. No, they were they, joy. They, they were like, were, yeah! There were the screams. You've heard about the standing ovations for the Venice Film Festival that go on for like 14 minutes. That went on for three hours. No way, man. People's hands literally like rubbed off the skin. People love Foggy. Hard. I don't want to hear this Just shit. bloody, bloody finger bones hanging Stumps. Um, I bet Foggy does not return in the the incarnation of the past. Come on. Are you serious? That's my guess. What about, I'm totally blanking on her uh, name, but that uh, blonde character. Classic that character, bl- blonde lady. The blonde lady, she was great. I loved Karen her. Karen Page? Yes, Karen Page. Oh, great. Yeah, real memorable to you, Pete. Yeah, she was awesome. She was She also were, was in Punisher. She was in it. Uh, mm-hmm. She did some cameos and some other stuff. She's like. I could see there. I could not stand most of her storylines on the show. They were always trying to be like force them into the plot subway, but she is a good actress. Thank you. I would like to see her back again. Thank you. That's all I'm saying. All right. And as casting director for Marvel, I have to say definitively, no, she's not coming back. Next up, let's talk about the movie stuff. Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. There wasn't much because they had just shown off the trailer, but they did show off new footage and it seems like at least part of the plot of the movie is going to be the rest of the world coming for... All right, coming for the vibranium. Pete has taken off his headphones. Wow. Coming for the vibranium in Wakanda. This is not a huge surprise. They did show off a sequence of Nabor's troops trying to get them and the Dora Milaje basically shutting them down. Everything that I hear about this movie, I mean, it's kind of all the same thing at this point, but everything I hear, I'm like, great, this sounds great. This is going to be amazing. I mean, the fact that if uh, we're not introducing a ton of new uh, characters, which it seems like it's not um, on the Wakanda side, having it be like just the villains are the problem and the Wakanda has to defend itself. Awesome. Love that choice. Yeah, very excited. And uh, I'm forgetting how to pronounce his name, but the guy who plays Namor talked a little bit about and, and this feels like a very typical line that you use with these sort of movies. But I do think he's probably being honest is that it really is something that reflects the reality of the world, that it's not just about yeah, the superheroes. I like that as well. And that seems true. It seems yeah. true. All right, why don't we right. move on to something that Pete can listen to, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. Not a ton of new info here, but they did show off a trailer for the movie. It seems like Scott Lang has become the employee of the universe over at Baskin-Robbins, so that's great news for him. <laughs> but at least part of it is them getting sucked into the quantum realm, encountering Bill Murray, who used to hang out with Janet Van Dyne back in the day, when Fun. they were both trapped when in the quantum realm. When isn't adding Bill Murray a great decision? Well, uh, he has been uh, kind of accused maybe of some sexual harassment on set. So those are some times that it might have been bad to include him. (laughs) God damn it. Um, that all I'm, said, the way that Kang apparently gets brought into it is that Kang wants Scott to steal something for him, and Scott says no, and then Kang starts coming for him, Kang which, honestly, nice. I was wondering, like, somebody overpowered like Kang, how does that come into this movie? That seems like a perfect way to bring it in for me. Well, and this feels like it's it's such a keystone in the sort of phase five stuff that's coming. Um, this movie keeps getting hyped up as sort of when it really starts to turn, right? And I'll, I'll say this as somebody who likes the Ant-Man movies uh, and particularly enjoys the second one a lot. It is surprising to me how hard Marvel goes on like, no, no, the Ant-Man movies are super important and you have to check them out and you have to watch them. Because ultimately it was like Ant-Man 
who saved the universe in Endgame coming back. And they're like, no, this is important. You had to have gotten watched Ant-Man and the Wasp. We'll get to this in a second, but they're mixing in Ghost, the villain from Ant-Man and the Wasp, and Thunderbolts. So they're very much like, I feel like people kind of put it to the side as sort of a goofy series for families. Which is tracks uh, to me yes. at watching the movies. Yeah, and they are. Like, they're good family movies. They're great the movies. So I yeah, don't know why you're undercutting fun. them. No, it's just uh, funny to me how much Marvel is like, no, they're important. You have to watch them. Well, I mean, I think it's partially because they were like, Ant-Man, that's the comedy. And everyone yeah. assumes that the comedy is just for fun with maybe some light things um, that are important. And Ant-Man in general isn't Spider-Man. Spider-Man, you're like, stuff important stuff's going to happen. Tentpole character, Ant-Man's way over here. Ant-Man's like a uh, tiny Iron why, Man. What, I don't know why you're going to. He's still a part of the team, man. He's there. He helps. It's, it worked. You know. Big Marvel got you, Pete. Uh, <laughs> why don't we, Pete, sucking on that teat. Why don't we move on and talk about, uh, well, Fantastic Four we already talked about a little bit. Mark Matt Shackman is officially directing. More to come, but that's coming out November 8th, 2024. Next one up is Captain America New World Order. Coming out Mm. in 2024. The new information here, we got Shira Haas is joining as Sabra, the Israeli superhero. Okay. Pete, you'll be excited about this. Carl Lumley is coming back. Nice. As Isaiah Washington, as well as Danny I mean, that was... That was huge. That was such yeah. a cool part. It was great. Uh, and Danny Ramirez is also going to be back as Falcon's sidekick. Uh, I guess, cool. yeah, sorry, Captain America's sidekick, potentially in the new Falcon. But the big news is the villain of the movie is going to be Tim Blake Nelson coming back as the leader, which is something. Wow. Uh, even as somebody who, like I, on our, on our podcast previously, was speculating that maybe he's one of the villains over in She-Hulk, I still do Tracks. wonder if they're going to introduce him in some way. But I never would have predicted the leader as the villain for a Captain America movie. What do you guys think about this move? Very surprised by this. Uh, Yeah, I think it's cool. But it it made when I saw this, I was like, oh, maybe we will then see the leader in She-Hulk because it would make sense to introduce, uh, reintroduce him there as opposed to just dusting off the leader and throwing him into uh, be the villain for a hero that he is not the, the antagonist for well, that's the fun of it is, you know, you're, you, it's a little bit out of left field, which is a nice when a comic book fan can be surprised. Uh, I think that's a good thing. The thing that I can't really make a connection about it, obviously, we don't know really anything about the plot here, is why the leader as a villain for Sam Wilson's Captain America? Like, how does that work? Because... Falcon and the Winter Soldier dipped so heavily into racism and the hero of uh, the history of African-Americans in the United States, as well as how that tied into the Captain America mythos and all these other things. So the natural inclination would be they're continuing in that some way. But I don't I can't quite put together how the leader is the opposite of that as villains would be like, how does that challenge Sam? And obviously we'll find out. We will. The dots aren't quite connecting for me yet well if it new world order and it feels like with the introduction of sabra like we're going to get into some outside of the united states maybe we're going to set up something that may feed into the thunderbolts from the comic style thing of a team that is uh it's villains masquerading as heroes and the Mm -hmm. leader somehow builds himself up to be a a leader of a, a country that the world seems to be celebrating and it's up to sam to go in and um stop that or it could be, and stay with me here, the leader's racist. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely could be. I want to throw out one other thing. As much as I like Shira Haas and I find Sabra uh, an interesting character as an Israeli superhero, it was surprising to me that they're introducing Sabra instead of, say, bringing back Red Scarab, the Egyptian superhero from Midnight, right. which obviously they're not one-to-one, and they're very different political situations, so depending on what they were playing with there. But it feels like, given they made such a big deal about Red Scarab, this would be an opportunity if you're going for some global thing to bring her back into the cast. Maybe she's still in it in some way. Maybe or maybe we'll they didn't some. want two Falcons there. I don't know. Yeah, I will say that when we saw Red Scare, we we're like, oh, look, it's Falcon. You would think it'd be a natural fit to drop uh, those wings in here. Yeah, but I guess we'll see what happens. Why don't we jump ahead and talk about the Marvels because they showed off some footage here. This is bringing back together Kamala Khan. Uh, We are getting Carol Danvers in there and also Monica Rambeau. And this is got me unreasonably excited because it's one of my favorite genres, but it seems like it's going to be a big body switching comedy with the three of them, as was teased at the end of Miss Marvel. Well, you're talking about a multiplicity situation? No, not a, that's no. a multiple. That's a clone. Yeah, okay. that's, that's a clone situation. comedy. I'm talking okay, about like bad. a Freaky Friday situation, kind oh, of. a Freaky Friday. Uh, but more of like a, uh, the man with two brains situation where apparently the three of them are all stuck in one body and keep switching places, at least for most of the movie. That sounds very fun to me. Well, oh. and let me say, if I heard this announcement um, and hadn't seen the uh, the end the end scene on uh, Ms. Marvel, I'd be like, no. But that's what happens in that scene. Yeah, it's, and it, I it want seems crazy. More information on that because it was such a huge left turn, a huge choice that I'm like. What the fuck's going on here? So I'm glad that Well, in terms of the character dynamics as well that was shown off in the footage, I do love the idea that Kamala is like, oh, my God, I'm the biggest fan of both of you. Monica is like, I hate you, Carol, because my mother died and you weren't there to save her. And Carol's like, what's going on? What is happening here? We're not a team. And yeah. Well, the idea that like to have a superhero team that exists within one body and they have to learn over the course of the movie to like switch places correctly is cool and will visually be, it's a great sort of visual metaphor to show at the end of for a big battle at the end of the movie. That sounds cool. Yeah. I'm excited about that one. But the last one, the biggest announcement I would argue that came out of this panel is the cast of Thunderbolts. And it's an interesting one that I'm curious to get both of your guys take on. So to read it down, here is the cast of Thunderbolts. We're getting Julia Louis-Dreyfus is going to be Valentina Allegra de Fontaine. David right. Harbour is back as Red Guardian. Hannah Sweet. John Kamen is back as Ghost from Ant-Man and the Wasp. Mm. Sebastian Stan as Bucky, a.k.a. the right. Winter Soldier. Wyatt Russell as John Walker, a.k.a. U.S. agent, Olga Kurlenko as Taskmaster, and Florence Pugh is going to be leading them as Yelena Belova. Uh, What do you guys think about this lineup? I I don't think this is what anybody expected necessarily from Thunderbolts. Well, surprising. Yeah, it's very surprising. It's a fun collection for sure, but I'm a little worried about Bucky. You know, I don't want to, you know, like he was supposed to be a good guy. You know what I mean? I so here's my guess about it. I feel like there was a recent it wasn't a run on Suicide Squad, but it was one of those black label books on Suicide Squad where Red Hood was in there and he was kind of the guy who's like kind of a hero, kind of an anti-hero, but trying to keep all of these villains on the straight and narrow. I don't think the rest of these people are villains, but my guess is that Bucky is on the team to like be the voice of reason and be like, no, this is not how the Avengers act. We got to be more heroic about this. And everybody else is like, why can't we kill these people? Let's kill these people. 
it, this feels mm. very Suicide Squad to me. It feels mm-hmm. not at all like the Thunderbolts from the comics. It feels like put together sort of a ragtag group of heroes who aren't very good at it, and they're going to muddle through and find their way and be heroes. And like I, I love the Suicide Squad movies, especially the the second one. I thought was really great. Um, I'm just surprised Marvel doesn't usually sort of. Uh, eat DC's lunch uh, mm-hmm. in the in the movies and and the, the major properties. So I'm sure they'll do a good job uh, with this. Um, but it, it was I was surprised. It is a fun bunch of actors. Yeah, so I is. think it's yeah. going to be a fun time regardless. There was uh, something dropped in our Patreon Slack uh, that was going around on Twitter a bunch about how other than Ghost, it's basically like a bunch of people all with kind of the same powers, which are just, we yeah. fight. You know, and one of them has a cybernetic arm and one of them is kind of a super soldier, but they're all sort of the same the thing. The same, yeah. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out visually, but as like a anti-hero spy team that is doing the stuff that other people can't do. I think that makes sense to me rather than a villain team. I'll throw out a couple of theories that are based on nothing to you. Uh, And one of them isn't even a theory. It's just kind of an idea that I've seen bounced around a lot for people who haven't read the Thunderbolts comics. Most of them are usually based on some sort of twist. Like the first Thunderbolts comic was after the Avengers were gone, this new team of heroes led by a guy named Citizen V came in. And the kicker at the end of the issue was Citizen V was Baron Zemo and the Thunderbolts were the masters of evil. And basically they were pulling out this big plot where they were going to become heroes and pretend to be heroes. And eventually, like, it became very complicated for them because they were doing heroic stuff and how do they feel about it. Um, So that was the big twist. This kind of set the tone for every Thunderbolts after that. So there's a big question about, like, is there going to be a twist here either with this team or another team? Uh, What do you think? They're going to do you think they're going to take anything like that from the books? I would think there would have to be, especially since this does feel like Suicide Squad. I think um, we could get a thing where we, we've come to find out um, Julia Louis-Dreyfus's character uh, is not working. They're, they find out they're working for someone bad. And so mm-hmm. they have to, like, undo what they've done, essentially, um, which could be a cool sort of, uh, like, two-part story. Like, they do a, they do something where they think they're being heroes, but it turns out they're being villains. So it's sort of the reverse Thunderbolts. I also think we could introduce um, a, a new group of uh, like a new team or something that they will be fighting against, uh, perhaps a young Avengers. Mm. Ooh, I can see that. I was mainly because I was a little disappointed we didn't get Kate Bishop on this team because Florence Pugh and Haley Steinfeld mm. were so much fun together in Hawkeye. But I could see them taking something like that down. I'll throw another possibility. I think everybody expected Zemo to be in this movie in some way because he's so intrinsic to the Thunderbolts. This is based on absolutely nothing. But what if there's a scenario where Zemo was recruited first, put together a team of heroes or villains or whatever, they go rogue, steal all of Valentina's secrets, and this Thunderbolts is essentially the B squad. They're the second list people that she brought in to go after Zemo's team. Oh, interesting. That's cool. That's fun. Yeah. But I think I, whatever, whatever we're saying, it feels like there's going to be another – we're introdu- going to be introducing another team of some sort sort of underneath or next to this team. I hope so because one of my biggest – annoyance is probably too strong, but one thing that I've wanted from the MCU pretty much since Avengers, it felt like it was setting up 
this villain team to fight this hero team. And we've never seen that. All yeah. of these big movies have always been like one overpowered guy and a bunch of nameless goons fighting back. So I would love if Thunderbolts really does have two super teams going head to head. I think that would be a lot of fun. Don't forget about clouds. Like they've had to fight evil clouds. They have had to fight clouds. Oh, like uh, a and team they did, of clouds. And they yeah. did fight the Black Order in Infinity War, but they sucked. So there you go. Wow. Uh, I like Shots that. fired. Yeah. Uh, I like them in the comics. I didn't love them in the movies. Uh, I'm going to go with Just on this and say it's going to be reverse Thunderbolts. That's oh, reverse Th- they should call the movie Reverse Thunderbolts then. So there you go. That's all the big news that came out of D23. Exciting times for the Marvel Universe and exciting times for all of you because you can support us at patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Crowdcast on YouTube. Come hang out. We would love to chat with you about everything in the Marvel Universe. Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe, listen, and follow the show at Marvel Vision Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. ComicBookClubLive.com for this podcast and many more. Until next time, stay marvelous. See you at D24. Drink your ooze. <laughs> <laughs>